shall we shall we pray lord we thank you for today we thank you for this study that we've had on the book of revelation we thank you for the insights the understanding that has come to us through the study of this book we pray in the name of jesus that even as we wrap up our study today you come and teach us lord give us deeper knowledge and understanding and give us the grace to remain faithful to the end in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right so okay so um we're going to finish with um chapter 21 and then uh, we'll go in chapter 22. Okay, so I'm going to read. I think last week we were left with um we're left with three more chapters on chapter twenty one. So I'm gonna read those three chapters and then we'll move in chapter uh, I'm sorry, three verses, not chapters. Three verses for chap um chapter twenty one. And so read that and then we'll move on. Right, so Revelation twenty one 22 to 27 but i saw no temple in it after uh, in chapter 21 we read about john um having a revelation um of who the bride of christ was and so the angel one of the angels who opened the last seven plagues took john into a high mountain and sh and showed him the um the lamb's wife or the bride of the lamb and it was a city it was a, um, a holy city, a holy Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Um, and so that is the bride's wife. And so what we read again, the description of the city, how the city was made, what the city was made up of, how the city was built. And um, verse 21 continues with a description of the city. What we are going to read, verse 21 and 22, part of verse 22 continues with a description of the city. And so we are going to read this last verses in 21 and then move to 22. So chapter 21, verse 22. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are in it, are it are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamp is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it its gate shall not be shut at all by day there shall be no night there and they shall bring and they shall bring the glo the glory and honor of the nations into it but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or lie but only those who are written in the lamb book of life and so this is again is a description of the city the bible says the city does not have a need for a temple or a place of worship because because god almighty is present in that city 
the Lord Jesus Christ is present. So there's not going to be any temple of worship because the objects of worship or the people that we are supposed to worship, God himself is already there. So there will be no need for um, the temple of worship. The Bible says the city does not have a need for moon or for sun or for the sun to shine in it because the glory of God will illuminate the city. But because of the presence of God in that city, there will be no darkness. And there wouldn't be the need for the sun and the light and the moon to shine. On earth here, when we don't have the sun and the moon, there's going to be total darkness. We will not find our way. But in that city, when we are with the, with God, in the presence of God, there will be no need for the moon or for the sun. Because the glory of God is going to light up the whole place. And the Bible says the people who are saved will bring in their glory into that city. They are going to walk in that city. They will be in the presence of God and there will be there will be nothing. The Bible says there will be nothing that defiles it. That means that no sinner has a place in that city. No sinner will have a place in the presence of God. But only those whose name are written in the Lamb's book of life. Which means only the people who are saved, who have put on the righteousness in Christ, are the ones who are going to have a place in that city. And so nothing that is not is defiled, nothing that um, does not have, anyone who does not have the righteous nature of Christ is not going to be in that city. It means anyone who is not saved will not be in that city, only the saved. Um, verse 22, chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of life. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. They shall see his face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. They shall there shall be no nights there. They, they need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy. The Bible tells us again that the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. Now, this one um, poses a bit of um, a problem within the interpretation because we know that in the presence of God, there is not going to be any sickness. People are not going to be sick. So, I believe that. Um, what this means is that the tree, the, the leaves of the tree will continually keep the people in good health because they are eating the leaves of the trees will continue to keep them in good health. And then again, we see the tree of life. In the Garden of Eden, we know that um, there was the tree of life. Jesus Christ symbolically in the New Testament became the tree of life because he offered eternal life. But here, the Bible talks about the fact that there is Jesus Christ in, in the city, there is God in the city as well. And there is a literal tree of life in the city. And the Bible says the leaves of this tree will, will bring healing to the nation, which means that as people eat of the leaves of this tree, they are never going to get sick. Because in the presence of God, 
there's not going to be any sickness. There's not going to be anything that um, will bring sickness to the people of, of God who are in the presence of God. The Bible says that those who live in Zion will not say that they are sick. And so we don't expect people to get sick and get healed. But I believe that this tree is continually going to give health um, to the people who live in this city. And he says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy. And so one thing that we should take note of when we read Revelation is that Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, there are so many views in eschatology. People have so many views. But one thing that we all agree on is that Jesus is coming again. No, no matter what your views are, whether pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, pre-millennial, post-millennial, um, whatever your views are, one thing that we all agree on is that Jesus is coming again. And as his church, we have to be ready for his coming. Now, I, John, saw verse 8. Now, I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophet, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I think last week we made this statement that the fact that we know that our works are going to be revealed, that should mean a lot to us. And when we, whatever action that we, we take here on earth as believers, we know that it's going to be re revealed. And Jesus Christ is telling us that he's coming quickly, and his reward is with him to give to everyone according to what his work is. And so let us know. Let this inspire us unto good work. Let this encourage us as people of God to do good things, to do works that are going to be rewarded and that are going to be profitable to us. That is that's works that we'll be proud of in the presence of God. Amen. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandment that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gate into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practice a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things, to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bright says, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this book, If anyone adds these things, God will add to him the place that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the, the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. 
He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And so, um, in conclusion, you hear, we hear, I mean, I think we have read about three times where he's saying, I'm coming quickly. I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. And this is Jesus Christ talking. So the coming of Jesus Christ, people might think that the coming of Jesus Christ has taken too long. That Jesus Christ has spent so much time in his coming. But the Bible tells us that he's long-suffering. He suffers long with us because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He's given us a chance, an opportunity over and over and over again to be saved and, and to escape the punishment that is to come unto sinners. And so he reminds us in closing that he's coming quickly and that should inspire believers it should inspire the whole world actually to live their lives for him he says that we shouldn't no one should add to the book of this prophecy which of course revelation being the last book of the bible which also means that we should not add even to the word of god because if anyone does that god is going to add unto his place that is written in this book and then he again says that blessed are those who blessed are those who do his commandment that they may have light in the tree of life we know the tree of life is in the city and he says that those people will enter the city through the gate but dogs sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and what a and whoever loves and practices a lie will not have a place in the kingdom of God. And so everything that we have read in Revelation should inspire us, encourage us to live our lives as believers. Because one day we are going to be in the presence of God. One day we are going to be with Jesus Christ, in the presence of Jesus Christ, He's going to be our light. If we remain faithful to His words, if we obey His commandment, and we follow after Him with all our heart, then we'll see Him one day. And let this be an inspiration for us, that one day we'll come before Him and He will tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. I believe that should be our goal, all of us as Christians. That one day when we meet him, he will tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. And I pray that what we have studied so far will be an inspiration to all of us. And again, we encourage us to read the book of Revelation and understand the message that the book of Revelation has for us as his church. The, book, the message in the book of Revelation is timeless. It's very relevant for us today. And so let's read and let's learn from it. Right. Today, our main um, focus is three questions and answers. So we, we, are, we closed or we're closing our study on the book of Revelation today. We just read the last verse in Revelation. So I just want to open it up. If there are any questions, any point for discussion, something somebody wants to bring up for us to discuss, the floor is open for questions for contributions for discussions as well
Right. So there's um, there are two questions in the chat box. I'm going to read them. Um, the first one is, do we know why the writer calls Jesus the lamp in some the lamp in some parts and sun in others? Is there a significance of the tree of life being mentioned again in Revelation 21? The scripture mentioned that there is no more. There is no more than one tree of life. Right. So we have two questions. First one. Do we know why the writer calls Jesus Christ the lamb in some part and the sun in other part of the book of Revelation? Right. Um, well, it's a very, very good observation. Um, I had not. Very good observation. I've not paid attention to um, the 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 lamp and then um, Jesus uh, and then the sun being interchanged in the book of Revelation. Um, but um, I I would think that um it's it's all refers to Jesus Christ. Whether I for now I, I I cannot think of any reason why he's sometimes called the sun in Revelation. I will have to look into that again. But I know I've not actually paid attention to why he sometimes called the lamp and why he sometimes called the sun. But like he rightly said, both um, descriptions or both titles refer to Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if there are any um, contributions on that one. Anyone wants to comment on that? Why is Jesus Christ called sometimes called the lamp and sometimes called the sun in the book of Revelation? Alright. Okay, we'll probably take the second one. Is there any significance of the tree of life being mentioned in Kate? Yeah. Sorry, but, um, sorry, Father Steve, did you, were you trying to say something? Oh, okay. He's called, he's called the lamb because of his ministry. He came as the sacrificial lamb. So that's more like a, a title mm -hmm. describing his function, the role he came to play. When you call Jesus the lamb, you are just referring to him as the one who came to our tone for our sins. So it's not physically saying or literally saying he is a lamp. It's just using that as a euphemism to say he is the, sac the perfect sacrifice that took away the sins of the world. That's why the, in the book of Revelation, he is referred to as the lamp. So that's more like a title. If, I, if you take a careful look at this, that yes, as Lawrence was taking us through the book of Revelation, Jesus was referred to many titles. You know, so it's just more like a title than an identity. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much for that. Um, 
contribution. Now, the second question is, is there any significance of the tree of life being mentioned again in Revelation chapter 21? The scriptures mention that there is more than one tree of life, right? Yeah. The scripture mentions that there's more than one tree of life. So is there any significance of the tree of life being mentioned? I think it's mentioned here that in the middle of each street and on every side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruit, each yielding its fruit every month. And it says that um, the leaves of the tree shall, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So is there any need for the, is there any significance of the tree of life being mentioned again in Revelation chapter 21? Any contributions on that? Um, I think the chapter, um, the, this chapter mentions the, the, the use of the tree that it was, it's, it's for, the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. And um, now if we interpret this to mean that um, it meant that people were going to get sick and later be healed by the tree, it's not consistent with um, what the Bible teaches in other passages of the, um, the Bible. And so, I, I won't believe that the tree, the leaves of the tree will keep the people in good health. Will, they will continually be in good health. The Bible mentions that um, the, tr the tree will, will bore um, 12 different fruits, each tree yielding each fruit in every month. So it's one tree that um, will, be bore, will be bearing 12 different fruits and every month, each tree bearing um, each fruit in every month. So I... Um, I want to think that it's part of the rewards that believers are going to enjoy in the presence of God. It's part of the promises that we are going to enjoy in the in the presence of God. Because um, I get where your question is coming from. Because if we are we already have eternal life, we're going to live forever. Then um, we we would, would we would not need the tree of life, technically. But um. I guess it's it's part of the blessings, it's part of the rewards that believers are going to have to be able to eat from this tree. Um, Adam was prevented from eating from the tree when he disobeyed God and was um, cast out of the garden. And so, um, as we have been restored, then I believe that um, this tree will be part of the reward that we will have as believers to enjoy its fruit. I don't know if there are um, other contributions, other comments on this question. Anyone want to comment? Well, we also have to keep in mind this was a vision um, John was seeing. And visions sometimes they come in symbols and emblems, so you, you also can't take everything literal. Uh, for me, it's like you've received Jesus, who is the life himself. Mm -hmm. So I will re re really need the tree of life. Okay. I want I want to believe this is more of a symbol and an emblem than a literal tree of life. Because after the Garden of Eden was disbanded, you know, by sin, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what really happened to that tree of life. 
or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do you think they are going to be preserved until eternity past? That I don't know. Those are questions that I don't really have answers to. But for me, I don't really read too much into this because it's a vision. And and if if you have been privileged in your Christian experience to experience a vision, sometimes you do experience things that are in symbols, types, and emblems, which is not neutral. So I don't really read too much into it. Uh, because, like you are saying, if we are going to uh, eat of the leaves of the tree, which gives healing, that is also not consistent with other passages in the scripture which mm-hmm. says that there will be no more sickness. Mm-hmm. So why would we really need the tree of life for healing when there is no sickness? It, it kind of does not really make sense. So um, I don't read too much into it. Amen. Amen. Right. And, and one of the things that we also have to realize is that the book of Revelation, many of the things in the book is still a mystery. John did not really go ahead to explain everything in total. He just let us know the very most important part that we had to know. Jesus is coming soon. There's going to be a place called the New Jerusalem, which is the bride of Christ and other things. But if you really take a careful look at the study, like, you know, if you've been following the series, John did not go ahead to explain everything. There are some things that are just mysteries, and it will just be left as it is. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, um, because uh, Steve was talking about mysteries. So there are um, some of the things in Revelation, like what Steve is saying, that are, uh, mysteries that we are only going to find out later and I, eight of them are listed here um the significance of those four creatures that are in the presence of god the personal identity of the one on the white horse it's a mystery we don't know the reason for the half hour silence is also a mystery that we don't know the nature and purpose of the seven tenders we don't know um the future ministry that was promised that was um you know when john took the um John took the book from the hand of the angel and God told him to prophesy to nations. Um, some people believe that it's going to be a future ministry of John. Um, others also believe that um, John actually fulfilled whatever the angel asked him to do at that time. Um, the personal identity of the two witnesses, like I said, uh, I think we discussed that. It's also something that we don't know. Um, there are a lot of speculations about that. The area of the wilderness where the remnant is hidden is also something we don't know. Um, the exact effect of the leaves of the tree of life is also a mystery like Pastor Steve is saying. So these are mysteries that um, have not been made, some mysteries that have not been made clear in the book of Revelation. Um, so we'll go back to the questions. Any Any more questions? Or contributions or things that we have learned that would like would like to share with everyone here. I'm going to stop sharing. Then we can take the questions or contributions or things that we have learned out of um our twelve weeks of study. Um anything you have learned that you want to share with us.
No questioning. Okay. If there are no questions. Right, okay. So if there are no questions, can um, everyone share with us what they have learned through the study? If there are no questions, can everyone tell us something they have learned or something they have been reminded of through the study? Everyone can share something. For the past 12 weeks, we've been discussing the book of Revelation. What have you? What new thing have you learned or what old thing have you been reminded of? Or what have you gotten from this book, that um, this study that you are going to use going forward in your Christian life? Everyone here on the line will, will, will give us a few things that they have learned. So um, feel free to start first. You, you actually have an advantage when you go first, before somebody says what you are about to say. So, anyone to go first. Anyone to share with us? Lily, are you, are you there? Are you going to go first? Tell us what you have learned from the book of Revelation. Oh, Pastor Steve. Okay. So for me, the seven churches, anytime I read it, it's always very... I don't know. I never get tired of reading the seven churches because it always hits home to me. So it, it always keeps me on my toes and reminds me as a steward of the church of God. Um, I, I have to look at his criteria. And, and not, you know, what others may consider the criteria. For me, Re- Revelation is like the marking scheme. If you've done exams before, you know, there is something called the marking scheme. Or even here, they'll say rubric, you know, rubric um, um, detail or whatever. So uh, it's, it's something like that. I, I, I look at that and it, it gives me hope to keep on following God, doing what God has called me to do. And forget about really the recommendations of men, the praises of men, the critiques of men. None, none of that is going to matter in the grand scheme of eternity. Because churches that you and I might admire, churches like Ephesus, they had, they, they, they had an F in the sight of God. It was a mega church and everything. So I'm not, and I'm I'm hereby not saying that successful churches are not God. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that we we should be very careful um, overriding God's recommendations and just going knee deep into what men experts, you know, and opinions think about what you have to do as service unto God. That could be wrong. So for me, that really blessed me. What also blessed me was the 144,000 witnesses. I thought that was very powerful um, because it, it really made me see the love of God. You know, because sometimes when people read a book of Revelation, they kind of have an idea that God is very wicked. So that's one of the reasons why people don't like reading the book of Revelation because they think, wow, God is very wicked. But the 144,000 should really let you see. If you ever doubt the love of God, 
I think you just have to pick those chapters on the 144,000 witnesses and read it again. It really shows how much God loves this world, how much he will still go to preserve the world, even though the Antichrist will be here, who will be ruling totally the, the earth. It still, it still shows that God is still interested in preserving the remnants and he will give us chance upon chance upon chance upon chance just to choose life and not to choose death. So I think for me, many things I can highlight on, but these two major things have really ministered to me in the series. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for sharing that with us. Um, in, in reading Revelation, like Pastor Steve said, some people think that, um, oh, God is about to release his anger. And so God is angry with all of us. But like Pastor Steve said, we see the love of God, even in Revelation, that he's giving us an opportunity by sending those 144,000 people to witness to the entire world. And so the love of God does not end at Jude. It continues through, throughout the Bible till the end. And so it's, it's a very um, reassuring thing to know that um, God nev never gives up on us and he continues to love us to the end. I think Pastor Jessica was going to talk um, next and then I Pastor Jess, please, please go on. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I think for me, um, it's more of like a, like a reminder of his everlasting hope. Um, and I have an uh, everlasting faith that um, this is not all it that there's more to life than here, uh, which is, you know, that's that's really good to know that God loves us that much. Um, the other thing, too, is that um, I don't have to, this, this I, I think, um, I, I saw it, I saw it more this time, I think, that, that, what the second thing I'm about to say, I just saw it more this time around. It's just, you know, a lot of Christians get so caught up in like, oh, don't don't get this tattoo. Don't don't do this here because then you won't, you know, go to heaven when Jesus Christ comes, you know, and all these outer outer things that don't really matter. But when you go through Revelations and you read it, um, you don't have to worry about those things. Uh, you just got to focus on Jesus and um, basically focus on Jesus, keep believing in him, keep following him, believe in his blood, um, be, a, be a good disciple, and, and you'll be fine. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Um, to Pastor Jessica's point, I think I sometime ago I had a number that ends with 666. And so when I give the number out to people, to, to some Christians, they will tell me, no, 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 you have to change these numbers. <laughs> You're a pastor, you have to change. You cannot keep this number that ends with 666. <laughs> that is um, how a lot of people had fear for the number 666. And um, people have created um, this whole thing around the number. And so nobody wants to associate with the number if you have... <laughs> 
anything and your your number ends with 666 or you are i mean you are being numbered and it ends with 666 then <laughs> you are like a suspect <laughs> and people don't want to associate with you yeah but the book of revelation teaches us that um 666 will continue to remain a number until the antichrist is revealed whatever that then is will be decoded at that time the people who are going to live in that time will understand it until then let's not live our lives in fear and be scared of symbols and numbers um shikwana yeah we saw your message we'll be praying for you yeah so it's it's at least it's good that through the study you have an interest to read the book of revelation which of course is one of the focus of the reason why we study uh, the books of the Bible, so that um we can do further study on ourselves. We can we can do further studies for ourselves. We can go into the Bible, read it for ourselves, and and so it is good that you are going to look at the book and read it later. But we'll pray for you at the end. Um, we didn't know you were not feeling very well. Lily, do you have something to share with us? What you got from our study of the Book of Revelation? I'm not sure if Lily is, is there. All right. Okay, so, I mean, it's, it's today is, uh, we're bringing the study to an end today. Um, just want to recap a few things that we did um, from the book of Revelation. So, from the beginning, we said that, um, like the conclusion of every story, Revelation should be an interesting book for us to read. And when we read the book of Revelation, it should not bring us fear. The focus of the book of Revelation is not to bring us fear, but to inspire us to be victorious Christians. And then again, we said that when we read the book of Revelation, it should not bring us confusion because God is not the author of confusion. Um, the purpose of the book of Revelation is to inspire us and... Um, <clears throat> inspire us as believers and that was the purpose of the book of revelation to the people who first received it it was to inspire them because i think we discussed earlier that people who received the book of revelation were under tribulation they were being tormented for their faith they were being um persecuted by the um, the governor of that time um the emperor at that time and so the book of revelation was written actually to inspire them in spite of the fact that when we read the book of Revelation, we only see the fear and the punishment of sinners. Those people who first received the book of Revelation, it was to inspire them. Because at that point where they were being persecuted, what they needed was not a message to, put, to bring fear into them, but a message to inspire them to continue until the end. And today, looking at the state of the world, I believe that should be our reaction to the book of Revelation. That this world is in a falling state. Um, things keep going worse. Things keep going um, bad. And as believers, we, we, we don't only set our eyes on things of this world. We don't only hope for this world. Because we know that there is hope for us after this world. And therefore, we should get the same reaction when we read the book of Revelation. It should inspire us. It should not bring us fear. And... um. The, the word revelation itself comes from the Greek word 
apocalypsis, which in the which is where we get the English word apocalypse. And so um, the the apocalypse is a literature that talks about um, it's a literature on prophecies that uses symbols and is presented dramatically and it predicts the future. Um, there are other um, Old Testament apocalyptic writings like the book of Daniel, like Ezekiel, like the, um, Zechariah. All these books uses symbols and uses dramatic expressions to explain whatever visions or revelations that they are seeing. Um, we said again that there were three views on um, the tribulation. Some people believe that there's going to be pre-tribulation, pre which meant that Christians will be raptured before the tribulation. And then uh, post-tribulation, Christians will be raptured after the tribulation. Mid-tribulation, Christians will be raptured midway through the tribulation. That's what some people believe. Um, um, again, we said that the seven churches that are discussed in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 are churches that actually exist, existed at the time of the writing. And so they are not... Um, imaginary churches they are not they don't, they don't just talk about the life cycle of the body of christ but they are churches that actually existed just like we can learn from the letter written to the church of corinthians the letter written to um the church in ephesians we can also learn from the letters written to the churches as a matter of fact in the new testament we 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 see that about two of the churches were mentioned um uh, or Paul even wrote a letter to the church of Ephesians or the church of Ephesus. And we also even acknowledging them for the love that they had. And we also saw in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 that Paul wrote a letter to the church in Laodicea as well. And so there was a letter that was written to the church in Laodicea, which we, um, we don't have in the Bible. But the Bible mentions that there was a letter written to the church in Laodicea. And we see Christ, first of all, acknowledging the church for the good things that they are doing. And then he rebukes them for the things that they are, um, the deficiencies in the church. And then he corrects them and he reminds them of the reward. And we also saw one of the phrases that we saw a lot when we were reading about the churches is that he kept telling them that I know your works, I know your works, I know your works. That should remind us that our works really count as believers. And that Christ knows our works. And when he comes back again, he's going to reward our works. And we read, we, uh, we studied about the rapture as well. That the word rapture itself is not in the Bible. But rapture is the catching away of the church. Um, another very important point that we mentioned was that um, the appearing of Jesus Christ in the clouds is different from the second coming of Jesus Christ. When Christ appears in the clouds, the church is going to meet Christ. Christ in the clouds when he comes the second time the church is coming with him to the earth so in the appearance of the Christ in the clouds he's not necessarily coming down earth but um in the second coming he's coming down to the earth and that will be the end of the world where he's coming to destroy the people who stand against the uh, God and stand against the um, the purpose of God and we saw that there have been some similarities of rapture in the Bible. In the Bible says, Enoch walked with God and he he was not, for God took him. Enoch was taken away by God. Um, Elijah 
was taken away by a whirlwind when he was walking with Elisha, Jesus Christ um, was lifted up into the clouds. Bible says Philip also uh, was caught away from one city to another city. And Paul also had some sort of um, rapture experience, but he said he was caught up in the, into the third heavens. Um, that was also um, the same word that is used. I believe that we discussed that that the, the Greek word for um, caught up is harpazo, which means that you'll be snatched or you'll be caught up or removed forcefully from the earth. Bible tells us that we shall not all die, but we shall not all die or we shall not all fall asleep. But in the twinkle of an eye, at the sound of the trumpet, we will be um transformed those who are alive will be transformed and this reminds us that when we go into the presence of god or at the resurrection we are going to have a glorious body it means that this flesh and blood is not what we are going to take into heaven but we are going to have a glorious body as believers when we are finally taken away from this earth so chapter from chapter 4 the revelation now turns into heaven and john begins to see certain things in heaven and begins to see the glory of god in heaven in chapter 5 right from chapter 5 they say, the bible tells us there was no one who was worthy to open the seal just the lamp who was worthy to open the seal why was he worthy to open the seal because he's the one who was crucified he was he's the one who has paid the price who has end all authority because when jesus christ resurrected from the dead he said all authority has been given unto me so from chapter 5 he has authority open the seal and from chapter 6 he begins to open the seal the seal is the judgment he's he's the only one who is going to bring judgment he's the only one who has the right to bring reward to believers and so from chapter 6 he begins to open the seal and he opened seven seals and we saw the judgments that came upon the people when he opened the seven seals. And chapter 7 gives us a pause in the revelation and begin to give us details about 144,000 people who are who will be sent out, Jewish people who will be sent out. And the Bible tells us that after this, there were a multitude of people who um, were seen in the presence of God. This reminds us that when people say that only 144,000 people are going to make it into heaven that is that is not what the scripture teaches because the bible says there's going to be a great multitude which no one could number of all nations tribes people and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamp and so multitude of people are going to stand before the throne at that point the lamp the throne we are talking about is god's throne and the lamp is in heaven and so multitude of people are going to make it into heaven and then after, after the pause in the revelation, we continue again with the revelation. And then Bible tells us the seventh seal had seven um, angels who were going to sound seven trumpets. And the release of the, the, at the sound of the trumpet, a lot of things happened to the earth. A lot of um, more judgment was released upon the people on earth till the seventh angel um, blew his trumpet. The Bible the the unfortunate thing is that even after all this the people who lived on earth at that time did not repent and we move into chapter 10. chapter 10 also gives us a pause and then tells us something else about an angel mighty a mighty angel coming down from heaven who is clothed um 
clothed with the cloud and had a rainbow on his head and his face shined like the sun. And there was a little book in his hand. This is the book that he handed over to John. And when John read, um, ate the book, the Bible says that it was bitter in his mouth. Verse, and then chapter 11 takes us into the ministry of the two witnesses. Gives us insight into the ministry of the two witnesses. Bible says these two witnesses, when they enter into a city, um, and the people refused to accept or the people challenged them or people opposed them. They had power to command fire and they had power to command plagues on this city. And these two witnesses were going to be killed in the eyes of everyone. And they will be lying on the street for three days and they will rise up again and they will hear a voice telling them to come up hither. And the three witnesses will be raptured into heaven. So chapter 11 gives us insight into um the ministry of the three witnesses now chapter 12 also tells us about um a woman which we said symbolically that was israel and um how god was going to protect and preserve israel during this time as they are being ministered unto to receive and accept um the gospel and believe jesus christ as um their lord and personal savior so that that reminds us that god is going to keep his promise to um israel now chapter 13 again we the bible tells us there stood an angel on, on the son of the sea and he um then i stood on the son of the sea and i saw a great beast rising out of the sea so that talks about the emergence of the antichrist um it gives us an idea it gives us an insight into um um, John having the revelation and the various um, kingdoms or the various empires that were going to happen at that time. We compared that to the revelation that um, Daniel had. And we studied about the, the empires that were going to come up at that time, which God was revealing to, to um, Daniel. And then that also um, comes into play when we read um um, revelation it is, it is important that when we read revelation we read the book of daniel alongside especially from chapter 7 to chapter 11 because it it talks about there are some similarities that we'll see between the vision that daniel had and the vision that um, um was given to john in revelation and chapter 14 talks about um the end of the ministry of the 144,000 people and how they met jesus christ on mount zion and we're taken up into heaven and we saw them happen and um, appear in the presence of God and chapter 15 um, chapter 15 is an introduction to the seven bowls which has the wrath of God um, so chapter 16 talks about seven angels who are going to who have seven bowls who are going to pour out the seven bowls which are the wrath of God Chapter 16, from chapter 16 downwards, it talks about the release of the seven bowls and the, the effect on earth. So the seven, the first, second, third, um, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven bowls, the seventh bowls were poured out, which had contained the wrath of God. And chapter 17 talks about the fall of Babylon, which we um, discussed, the mystery Babylon, which um, we discussed as a false religion that was going to um, influence the earth. And chapter 18 goes deeper into um, 
um, the, the fall of the fall of Babylon, chapter 18 gives us more details. And chapter 19, then um, we begin to see um, a vision of heaven. And um, we talk, it talks about the marriage supper of the lamp. It talks about the bride of the lamp. And then in chapter 20, John is shown, chapter 20, um, the angel, uh, um, the devil is captured, locked up. And it talks about the, chapter 20 talks about the millennial, how... Um, Believers are going to reign with Christ for a thousand years and how the Satan will be locked up for a thousand years. And then it, chapter 20 again talks about the great white throne. That is the judgment of um, unbelievers. They are going to be um, cast into the lake of fire. It tells, all the, it tells us that unbelievers will be cast into the lake of fire. At this point, um, the false prophet, the beast, have been cast into the lake of fire. And then after a thousand years, the Bible says that Satan is released, and then he's also um, cast into the lake of fire to join his two counterparts in in the lake of fire. And then we read today, we started last week. We, we started reading from chapter twenty one, where the bride of the lamb was shown to um, John, and that was a city, holy Jerusalem. Last week we said that the bride of the lamb is not the church as it has been taught traditionally. But the bride of the lamp is the city, the great city, the holy Jerusalem that comes from heaven. And then last week we read about the precious stones that were used that um were used as the foundation or the materials that are used to build the city. And Pastor Jessica um, brought it to my attention that these stones are still available and they are they are still here on earth. So last week I mentioned that I wasn't sure if these stones were still available, but Pastor Jessica brought to my attention that the stones are still available here on earth. Um, but um, we, we, we don't know most of them because the popular ones we know is gold, silver, and diamond. But all these stones are still available. And we saw that in the description of the city. And today we continue on with chapter 21, which further describes the city. Chapter 22 further describes the city. And chapter the end of chapter 22 to tell us how we are going to live in this city and what promises await us as believers um, in the city. So that was a quick recap of what we have been doing for the past 12 weeks. Um, today is our last. So we have four minutes more. We are going to pray. Um, I want to pray that everything that we have learned today, everything we've learned for the past four weeks, is to inspire us um, to remain faithful. We ask God for grace that will remain faithful in the name of Jesus. Shall we open our mouths and begin to pray right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for our study today. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us. For the past four weeks with revelation, with understanding, we ask, O oh God, that we'll continue to remain faithful in all things, O oh God, that when finally the trumpet sound, O oh God, we will not be found wanting in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the grace, for the enablement, for the help that we need to remain faithful in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will empower us, Holy Spirit. You strengthen us in the midst of temptation, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of persecution. We ask that we remain faithful to our calling, remain faithful as believers, and we'll continue, we'll continue in our faith.
in the name of Jesus. We pray that nothing will take us away from your presence. Nothing will take our commitment away in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen.